29th, regular meeting in the Medford City Council will now come to order. Clerk Herdebees, please call the roll. Councilor Caraviello. Present. Councilor De La Russo. Present. Councilor Knight. Present. Vice President Lungokern. Present. Councilor Marks. Present. Councilor Scarpelli. Present. President Falco. Present. Seven present. Could everyone please stand to salute the flag? I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, liberty and justice for all. Councilor Scarpelli. Special guest that's here this evening, our uh, Eagle Scout recipient. Thank you, Councilor Scarpelli. Right. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> One at a time. <laughs> One nine dash five four nine offered by President Falco. Council accommodation for Gino Carboni for Boy Scouts Troop four sixteen for earning the rank of Eagle Scout. Uh, so tonight we have Gino Carboni with us, he's right here, and uh, we have him here, we're congratulating him on earning the rank of Eagle Scout. Uh, I've had the, uh, the privilege of knowing Gino since he was a, a young boy, as you can see, he's, uh, <laughs> he's come a long way, he's pretty tall, um, and uh, he actually has been in Scouts for quite a while, uh, he just earned the rank of Eagle Scout, his project was, uh, he refurbished a, a room down at, come on up. Uh, down at the uh, Otis Street Otis Church, Street, sure, sure. and uh, he worked on that for quite some time, and uh, it needed some repair, and uh, he uh, did that, and uh, he finished it, and he did a great job. Um, I've known Gino for a long time when my son was in Scouts, and uh, Gino has always been active in our community. Uh, his parents have been active in our community as well, and his family has, and um, uh, he's done a great job. So we want to thank him and congratulate him tonight, and also, um, a big congratulations to his family as well, because as you know, it takes a lot of help from your family to get this far. Uh, you've done a lot of work, but uh, it takes the love and support of your parents and your, your grandmother and uh, your brother and sister as well. So uh, tonight we say congratulations to Gino Carboni on earning the rank of Eagle. Just, uh, we have a, a commendation here for you. So the Medford City Council takes pleasure in awarding this to council accommodation to Gino Carboni, Troop 416. Congratulations for earning the rank of Eagle Scout John C. Falco, Jr., President of the Medford City Council, October 1st, 2019. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> He uh, chooses not to say anything, which is fine. So, <laughs> but congratulations. Thank you. Do you want to get a picture? Oh, sure. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get a picture up front with the consoles. I like the 
Okay. Hey, who are you? While under suspension. While under suspension. 19.599. 19.599. 19.600. We'll take 19.599. 19.599. 19.599. 19.599. 19.599. 19.599. 19.599. 19.599. 19.599. 19.599. 19.599. 19.599. 19.599. 19.599. 19.599. 19.599. 19.599. 19.599. 19.599. 19.599
uh, bid specs. So we did have to hire an engineer who was able to go and do a comprehensive um, evaluation of the shell, measurements, sketches, and then put together a significant bid document which was then put out. Uh, when we received the bids back, although 12 entities pulled the docs, uh, only one bid came in and it was, uh, I can say it was 20, $117,435, which is $24,000 and $435 over what we had initially budgeted. Um, we also did spend money on that engineering study, which did deplete some of the funding that we had put aside for this project. So for that reason, although we did identify an additional $10,000, uh, we are looking for additional funds to help cover the cost of this project, $31,447. Thank you. Katzal Carviello. Thank you, Mr. President. Ellie, um, I can recall um, when the gas lines were going in many years ago that uh, I thought it was part of the agreement that Algonquin Gas was going to do the shell uh, renovations of the shell and put in seedings. And you know, maybe you might want to do a little work back for when they did that, but I, 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 was, I was pretty much, I was kind of involved in that uh, back some years ago before I got on the council. But, I thought that was part of the agreement that they were going to do the shell over and provide seating uh, as part of the mitigation for all the gas work they did in the city. When was that? Probably in the 90s. I okay. mean, you, you may, you know, I don't know if you can, I don't know how far back you can look, but I thought that was part of the mitigation okay. agreement. So maybe, maybe you can look back and maybe you can get some funds out of them. Uh, I mean, Algonquin's still there and that's, they're not going anywhere. So. Thank you, Council Carviello. Uh, Vice President Longo Kern. Um, thank you, President Falco. With regards to the additional 31,447, is that, can you, can you just explain the process? Have you already taken that to the CPC yes. Commission? And that's yep. So included, I believe, in your uh, file was also the letter from the CPC recommending that the funding, that's why I'm here. So the process is that it goes through them and then it goes to you. So there was no questions on their part. Okay, so if we approve this tonight, the funding will come out of the CPC account immediately? and it will That be, would be my understanding, yes. And what's the projected um, finish date if, if this is approved? We haven't signed the agreement yet, so I'm not entirely sure. I think that we're at a time of year where it's a little bit, we're getting into the colder weather, so I don't know the answer to... Um, so we might not start till the spring and finish? My hope is that it will start this fall, okay. yeah. But I don't entirely know, because I haven't been able to speak with the engineer or the um, contract yet. If we can just get an update um, when they do know when this will beginning be, begin and be completed, just so we can have an idea of when it will be ready. Thank you. Thank you, Vice President Longo. Current Council Marks. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. Ali, you mentioned it. It uh, encompasses doing over the shell itself. Yes. Uh, lighting, which is much needed in the area, because yes. after a certain time, it, it's, it renders the area useless. Right. Um, does it include any type of sound system or speaker system at all? No, it does not. Was there any consideration regarding that? No, that was not part of the original application. Um, I'm, I don't know exactly what that would entail in this particular project in terms of also weather and whatnot, but we could look into it, but it wasn't originally part of the application. It was specifically structural. Right, so, well, lighting Plus is the lighting. Not, lighting Plus is the light. not structural. Oh, fixing the lighting, yes. So, 
so just so I understand, because um, one of the major concerns was the lighting, and I've been hearing that for some period of time. But if you could check into the sound system, because it's based on whatever performances they're having for them to bring their own sound system. And if we want to use it as a, a city for events, uh, it'd be nice to have something that's already ready in place um, and uh, something you don't have to worry about. Uh, so if you could check into that, okay. it'd, it'd be appreciated. Thank you, Council Marks. Point of information, Councilor Scarpelli. Bring that point up. I know that in the past, part of the Recreation Department, whenever we did something, when I was actually a supervisor, the Recreation Department would have the active sound system. Because of the acoustics in that area, it really just, it only needed one speaker with the microphone system that we have electricity. So maybe we can ask the Recreation Department it might be something they might have already. So we do have a sound system that we purchased. It is an incredibly sophisticated, complex system that we, even as city employees, do not know how to necessarily manage. So, and we, you know, have a sound person come in for our, our concerts. So we do have a system. It would be too complex for us to be giving it out. And quite frankly, it's expensive as well. But I can definitely look into other options. And I agree with you that it is tricky when people have to bring in their own sound system. And also, quite frankly, sometimes they bring in a sound system that is far in excess of what is needed in that space. So I understand. Thank you, Councilor Scarpelli. Councilor Delarusso. Mr. President, move approval. On the motion of Councilor Delarusso, seconded by Councilor Carviello, as amended by Vice President Lungo Kern. Clerk Hurtabees, could you please call the roll? Councilor Carviello. Yes. Councilor Delarusso. Yes. Councilor Knight. Yes. Vice President Lungo Kern. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. President Fox. Yes, seven in the affirmative, zero in the negative. The motion passes. Thank you. Thank you. The paper in the hands of the clerk, Mr. President, regarding uh, 24 Brook Street. While we're under the suspension offered by Councilor Marks, be it resolved that the sidewalk in front of 24 Brook Street be repaired in the interest of public safety. Is it campaign season? Councilor Marks. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. Uh, this particular sidewalk was recently brought to my attention. Uh, we have uh, the resident that lives at 24 Brook Street present, and tonight uh, he also mentioned, uh, being a good neighbor that he is, uh, that uh, the sidewalk across the street is uh, in deplorable condition as well. And uh, I'd like to hear from uh, the gentleman. If you could please have your name and address for the record. John Bogret, B-O-G-R-E-T-T-E. Twenty-four Brook Street, West Medford. Thank you. I've lived in Medford all my life. I've lived at Twenty-four Brook Street all my life, and um, yeah, the, the sidewalk is coming apart from the street in front of my house. And I've had a couple of times where I've tripped over it. So, um, and then on the other side of the street, there are actually panels of sidewalk that are missing that have been missing for twenty years that need to be replaced. Um, and I've also noticed that um, I have a blind neighbor at 19 Brook Street. And I, I don't know if it's, there's something wrong with the sidewalks in front of 5 Brook Street, but they park right up on the sidewalk, and this woman has to walk with her dog out in the middle of the street to get by. So uh, just a couple of things I'm, I'm bringing up here. But on the other side of the street, the sidewalks need to be looked at and, and replaced also. 
So, so Mr. President, maybe if we can have from uh, Irving Street all the way down to High Street, that stretch of sidewalk on the um, odd side, yes. right, because you're on the even side, be looked at, let DPW just go down and assess it, because mm -hmm. I think you mentioned it was kind of the whole stretch that needed to be it looked is, at. It is, yes. As well as 24 Brook Street that needs to be replaced in the interest of public safety. Thank you, Councilor Marks. Councilor Delarusso. Uh, move approval as amended. Thank you, Councilor Delarusso. On the motion of Councilor Marks, as amended by Councilor Marks, seconded by Councilor Delarusso. All those in favor? Aye. All those opposed? The motion passes. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. While we're under suspension, why don't we uh, take up the committee report from earlier tonight? So we'll get that out of our Yep, we'll take him next. Mr. President. Uh, thank you. Uh, we met in committee of the whole tonight, uh, reviewed a paper that was in subcommittee on uh, ordinances regarding the uh, solar panels. It was before us uh, some weeks ago. Uh, we had a presentation. It's been amended and um, a number of changes were made. A, uh, a new draft was presented to us by the city solicitor with the recommendations from subcommittee. Uh, we reviewed it and uh, recommended its approval unanimous, unanimously out of the Committee of the Whole. So I uh, move approval for the first reading. Thank you. On the motion of Council Delarusso, seconded by oh, Vice President Longo. Uh, briefly, thank you, President Falco. Um, this is something that we voted on um, per my resolution in June, that we were going to have a end of June, and we we're going to have a committee meeting um, this fall, and I'm very happy to say that we finally had, not only had the, the committee had a subcommittee meeting, but we also were able to meet in committee of the whole tonight, and thank our city solicitor for making the changes from last week from the committee of the whole meeting. Um, I think when it came up at the beginning, in mid-September, and people wanted us to rush it, I, rush it through, I, I did have a question about the rehabilitation. Um, if somebody was doing extensive rehab to a building, that that also be included in the draft ordinance. And we were able, through the solicitor's office, to add that as Section 3 under Section 10-105. So I'm, I'm really glad, glad we took the extra couple of weeks to vet this properly and get the final version that we're going to approve tonight. So it's a, it's a win for the city. It's a win for um, getting more sol solar panels on development big developments, over 10,000 square feet, and I'm very happy to see this pass. Thank you, Vice President Longo Kern. On the motion of Councilor Delarusso, seconded by Councilor Knight. Clerk Herdovies, please call the roll. Councilor Carriello. Yes. Councilor Delarusso. Yes. Councilor Knight. Yes. Vice President Longo Kern. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes, seven in the affirmative, zero in the negative. The paper passes its first reading. On the motion of, on the motion of, uh, we'll take, uh, while we're under suspension, 19-601, communications from the mayor. September 27, 2019, to President John Falco and members of the Medford City Council from Mayor Stephanie M. Burke, authority to enter into lease agreement exceeding three years. Dear Mr. President and members of the, of the Medford City Council, the City of Medford intends to, it, intends to enter leases for two ladder trucks for the fire department. It is the intention of the city to enter into a 10-year lease for each truck, uh, General Law C30B 
Section 12 requires city uh, council approval for a contract that exceeds three years. It says in pertinent part, unless authorized by majority vote, a procurement officer shall not award a contract for a term exceeding three years, including any renewal, extension, or option. Such authorization may apply to a single contract or to any number or types of contracts. It may specify a uniform limit or different limits on the duration of any such contracts. I respectfully request and recommend that your honorable body, pursuant to the provisions of General Law C-30B, uh, Section 12, approve and authorize the City of Medford to enter into lease agreements for two ladder trucks for a term of up to 10 years each, respectfully submitted, Mayor Stephanie M. Burke. Do we actually have our uh, Chief Gilbertis with us here tonight to answer any questions. Good evening. Chief Gilberti. Good evening. Uh, any questions? I'd be glad to answer any questions you have. Thank you. Councilor Scarpelli. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. So, I, you know, we've heard uh, issues and, and complaints, of, and of course, uh, the social media uh, wagon on how deplorable our uh, fire apparatus is and, and how dangerous uh, we leave our city uh, because of faulty equipment. And I know that that's not the truth, and, but it is good to see that we're moving forward with two ladder trucks that I know when we talked about, we know that we needed. So uh, I'm glad to see this is happening, and um, I just uh, move approval. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Councilor Scarpelli. Councilor Carviel. Mr. President. Mr. President, this is um, uh, a lease to own is something that I've used in my own business uh, several times over the last 20 years um, in, uh, with equipment where you lease it over a period of time and that maybe at the end you own it for a dollar or, or there's a very small buyout. But um, it, it, it makes uh, good accounting sense because uh, even though you're, 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 you're spending my we're not borrowing on a paper, and we don't uh, have to uh, extend out any fees to take out uh, a bond. So uh, at the end of the day, uh, the interest rate is very low at these times, and I, I, I think it makes good fiscal sense to do this right now, especially in the fact that uh, these are two trucks that we do need uh, desperately. Thank you, Councilor Carviello. Councilor Marks. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. Uh, Chief, is the intent to, uh, after the 10 years is up, to actually purchase these vehicles? I believe after the last payment on the lease, you own them. The city would own them outright. You, you do own them outright? Yep. And I, I'm being told the uh, lifespan for a ladder truck is anywhere from 10 to 15 years. Does that sound I about right? I go a little higher. We got one now that's 20. R right, and we've had a lot of problems. <laughs> we've had a lot of problems. We've, had Everyday, a bar problems. Had Everyday problems. Everyday problems. But we've had to actually go out and borrow a truck from the city of Boston. That's true. Uh, leaving us, uh, you know, uh, w without the proper coverage, in my opinion. But uh, what, what what is the um, plans for ladder two? Will that be used as as a reserve piece? A reserve piece. 2010. Yes. So that'll be used as a reserve. That's correct. And do you know ultimately what these trucks will end up costing us after the? Ten years is up. Uh, well, the, I couldn't tell you the total cost, um, but I can tell you the cost of the trucks currently, as they stand today. They totaled the two of them two million four eighty four nine zero four. 
Two million forty-four. So about a million two a truck. One's a million two oh eight four sixty-one, and one is a million two seventy-six four forty-three, and that was discounted down from a little over one point three million because we're buying two. Right, and that's fully equipped. That price. It's equipped with ladders, but it's not equipped with our other equipment. I'm going to be utilizing the equipment that we have on both trucks for that truck and buying additional equipment too. All right. And uh, how are we going to pay for that additional equipment? That's a million, um, 2.6 million. I got two, two and a half. I got about uh, $115,000 to work with. Okay. So, so do we know, we, we don't know ultimately what it would have cost us if I couldn't we, tell you in the end, no. The interest rate is very low, though. So can you, can you get that figure for us? Uh, I guess so. It'd be interesting to see yeah. if we purchase it outright yeah. compared to what the 10-year option is. Yeah. You know, state law says we can only lease for three years. Correct. So the administration's asking us to do a 10-year lease. And we've done that in the past. Right, we've done it in the past, but I, I think it's prudent to know what the actual cost would be if we pur purchase it outright compared to uh, leasing it. And the fact that we're going to have two trucks that are 10 years close to their lifespan, in my opinion, from what I Well, according to the National Fire Association, the latter trucks are 10 to 15 years. National uh, Fire Association? Yes. What is that? It's a national organization, Chief. Oh, are I, you not familiar I never with heard it? of it, National Fire uh, no. Association, no. Well, your firefighters are aware of it. Maybe, oh. maybe you should look into it. Um, I know so, it's not there. So I, I just want to make sure, Chief, you know, because we're talking about taxpayers' money. I understand. Right? Sure. It's taxpayers' money. Yep. We want to make sure we're doing the prudent thing. Like when you go out and lease a car or buy a car, you do it based on your finances and what works for you. And I want to make sure this works for the city and that we're not going to be strapped with trucks that uh, we are strapped with right now that are in the repair shop, a lot of trucks more than they're uh, in the stations. Well, I'll disagree with you there. However, I don't think the mayor would allow me to lease two vehicles if it wasn't cost effective. Well, I, that's debatable. That's debatable, but um, I, I'm gonna, Mr. President, I'm, I'm gonna move approval tonight based on the need, based on the outcry I've heard from our firefighters uh, back within the last six months uh, when one of our ladder trucks went down and they stated that there wasn't sufficient coverage to protect our city based on the apparatus we had on the street, which I would agree with them, Mr. President, at the time. And uh, these are long overdue and I will support that tonight, Mr. President. And I would also like uh, what this would have cost if we bought it outright compared to the 10-year lease, Mr. President. Thank you, Councilor Marks. Thank you. I'd be glad to get try and get that figure for you. Vice President Longo Kern. Thank you, President Falco. Um, I second Council Marks' motion to get those figures. Do you know how much it will cost for each each year for the ten years? What well, um, on one, at the current rate was a, just under one hundred and fifty thousand. So year one. And then once the 10-year period is over, they become ours outright? 
they become ours. That is for uh, one truck, by the way, Councilor. One truck, 150, so about yep. 300,000 a year, and after 10 years, <coughs> they'll be fully paid for, and we'll, yes. even though we're calling it a lease, we don't have to give them back. That is correct. Okay. Yep. Yep, I'd like to get the answer to your question, too. Um, so I second that request. Thank you, Vice President Lungo Kern. Councilor Delarusso. President, I want to take this opportunity to thank the Chief for his leadership <coughs> in always having the best interests of the people of Medford at heart. Thank you, Councilor Delarusso. Thank you, Councilor Delarusso. Thank you, Chief. All set. On the motion, uh, Councilor Scarpelli made the original motion. On the motion of Councilor Scarpelli, <coughs> seconded by Councilor Marks, as amended by Councilor Marks. Clerk Herbie, please call the roll. Yes, seven in the affirmative, zero in the negative. The motion passes. Thank you, Chief. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you all. Much appreciated. Thank you. Councilor Della Russo. There are one, two, three, four, five items under unfinished business that are um, from the calendar years 19. Uh, 2016, uh, one and four from 2018. Motion that they all five be received and placed on file. Uh, what specific um, items? 16 759. Uh, no one uh, in the last two times that this was brought up, no one could even say what it was about, okay. Mr. President. Motion to receive and place on file. On the, mo on the motion of Council Della Russo. Uh, to receive and place on file resolution 16-759 under unfinished business, seconded by Councilor Knight. All those in favor? All those opposed? 18 Papers received and placed on file. 18-417, petition on access TV management, uh, motion to receive and place on file. On the motion of Councilor Della Russo to uh, receive and place on file 18-417, seconded by? Councilor Carviello, papers received. All those in favor? All those Aye. in favor? Aye. All those opposed? Received is uh, the papers received and placed on file. 18 457, solicitor draft debt exclusion referendum question. Moot, moot question, Mr. President. Okay. Motion to receive and place on, on file. Motion of Councilor Delarusso to receive and place on file 18 457. Seconded by? Second. Councilor Carviello. All those in favor? Aye. All those opposed? Aye. Once again, all those in favor? Aye. All those opposed? The ayes have it. Papers received and placed on file. 18-512, Dockless Bicycle Six-Month Moratorium. Mr. President, that ship has sailed. Motion to receive and place on file. On the motion of Council Delarusso to uh, receive and place on file 118-512 Dockless Bicycle Six Month Moratorium. Seconded by. Second. Council Carviello, all those in favor? All those opposed? Papers received and placed on file. 18-513, Mr. President, congratulations to Julie Phelan uh, over a year ago on her uh, Governor uh, Baker appointment. We wish her all the best. Motion for approval, Mr. President. Motion for approval? Yes. Okay, on the motion of uh, Council Delarusso to approve 18 513, seconded by Council Carviello. All those in favor? All those opposed? 
Paper is approved. I think that's sufficient house cleaning for the night, Mr. President, unless Thank anybody has uh, the recommendation. Sure the clerk is very happy with you. Uh, motion to uh, return to uh, our uh, so-called regular business, Mr. Okay. President. On the motion of Councillor Delarusa to revert to the regular order of business, all those in favor? Aye. All those opposed? Is anyone here from Verizon? Okay. Hearings. Notice of a public hearing. 19-545. Petition for grant of location Verizon New England Incorporated Underground Electric Conduits Manholes, wires, and cables, Medford, Massachusetts, City Clerk's Office. You are hereby notified that by order of the Medford City Council, a continuation. On the motion of Council Marks to uh, waive the reading for a brief synopsis uh, from the presenter, seconded by Council Caviello. All those in favor? All those opposed? If you could please give us your name and address for the record, and if you could please give us a brief synopsis of uh, the work that's being proposed. Good evening, Mr. President. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, my name is Steve Bigley, B-I-G-L-E-Y. I work for Utility Consultants, and we are contract our services to represent Verizon New England. Can you tell us exactly what type of work is being done? The petition is to place a um, small one-and-a-half-inch conduit from an existing manhole to three houses, three locations for new service at 315, 313, and 309 High Street. And what will the uh, what will the outcome be? What, is it going to be better service? If you could tell us why this is, uh, it happening. is for better service. FiOS, uh, the new fiber optic service, um, currently fed through a backyard run, which is congested, and they're getting away from the old technology in the backyards. So, given this opportunity, we'd like to uh, feed it from the street if possible. Okay. Thank you. Um, so, at this point. Um, this is a continued public hearing. So at this point, the hearing is uh, now open to those in favor of the petition. So anyone in favor of the petition, can you please step forward? If you could just give your name and address for the record again. Steve Bigley. Address? Uh, my address is uh, 767 Chandler Street, Tewksbury, Mass. Okay, thank you. And you are in favor of the petition? Yes, I am. Anyone else in favor of the petition? Seeing and hearing none, I uh, will this part of the uh, hearing closed. Anyone in opposition of the petition? Anyone in opposition? Seeing and hearing none, I declare this portion of the hearing closed. At this point, I'll turn it over to Councilor Scarpelli. Thank you, Mr. President. Mr. Bigley, if uh, we can ask you a question. Um, are we doing any structural um, work to the sidewalks of the streets? Yes. Service, um, surface restoration is uh, an integral part of any construction project we do. Okay. So the sidewalks that are going to be um, replaced, will they be, we want to make sure they're replaced with the same material that's there. Yes. So if it's a cement? Absolutely, yes. Okay. So just want to make, be clear on that. Uh, on the street, how much of a What's the distance of, of any excavation being done on the street? From what I can tell, there is no excavation on the street. There is okay. an existing handhole in the sidewalk, okay. and all the new conduit will be placed from that existing handhole okay. to the property lines. Okay, perfect. So the sidewalks then yes. will be replaced as we found them, if not better? Yes. Perfect. Okay, thank you, Mr. President. I move approval then. Okay. On the motion of Councilor Scarpelli, seconded by Councilor Russo. All those in favor? 
All those opposed? The motion passes. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Motions, orders, and resolutions offered by Vice President Longo Kern, City of Medford, call for election, municipal election Tuesday, November 5th, 2019. Be it ordered that in accordance with the provisions of the Mass General Laws of Massachusetts in the revised charter of the City of Medford, insofar as the latter is applicable, the City Clerk be and he is hereby authorized and instructed to notify and warn such of the inhabitants of the City of Medford qualified to vote and as the law requires to assemble at the several polling locations as designated in, the, in this order for and within the several pre precincts where they are duly registered voters on Tuesday, November 5th, 2019, and then in there to give their ballots for the nomination of, of respectively. One, mayor to serve a period of two years from the first Monday in January 2020 to be elected by and from the qualified voters of the city at large. Seven members of the city council to serve for a period of two years from the first Monday in January 2020 to be elected by and from the qualified voters of the city at large. Six members of the school committee to serve for a period of two years from the first Monday in January 2020 to be elected by and from the qualified voters of the city at large. Be it further ordered that the following named polling, locate, uh, polling places be, and they are, hereby de designated to be used at the city election to be held on November 5th, 2019. The said, polling uh, the said polling places to be open from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. Voting precincts, Ward 1, Precinct 1, Andrews Middle School, 3000 Mystic Valley Parkway, Ward 1, Precinct 2, Firefighters Club, 340 Salem Street, Ward 2, Precinct 1, St. Francis Parish Center, Felsway West in Fulton Street, Ward 2, Precinct 2, Roberts Elementary School, 35 Court Street, Ward 3, Precinct 1, Lawrence Memorial Hospital, 170 Governors Avenue, Ward 3, Precinct 2, Temple Shalom, 45 Winthrop, uh, 475 Winthrop Street. Ward 4, Precinct 1, Tufts University, Gantcher Center, Rear, 161 College Ave. Ward 4, Precinct 2, Walking Court, Auburn and North Streets, Fonda Caro Center. Ward 5, Precinct 1, Columbus Elementary School, 37 Hicks Ave. Ward 5, Precinct 2, Columbus Elementary School, 37 Hicks Ave. Ward 6, Precinct 1, West Medford Fire Station, 26 Harvard Ave. Ward 6, Precinct 2, Brooks School, 388 High Street. Ward 7, Precinct 1, Mystic Valley Towers, North Building Entrance, 3600 Mystic Valley Parkway. Ward 7, Precinct 2, McGlynn K-8 Public School, uh, 3004 um, Mystic Valley Parkway. Ward 8, Precinct 1, Senior Center, 101 Riverside Avenue. Ward 8, Precinct 2, South Medford Fire Station, 0 Medford Street. Councilor Del Russo. President, I just want to take this opportunity to thank you for reading the call to election. I think it's an essential part of our democratic republic. Thank you, Councilor Del Russo. Councilor Knight. 
Approval, Mr. President. On the motion of Council tonight, seconded by Council Delarusso. Name and address for the record, please. Andrew Paul Castanetti, Cushion Street, Method, Massachusetts. Um, I'm a member of the VFW on Mystic Avenue, and at the last election on September 7th, many people have come up to me when I was in my back room smoking, and they were upset and they didn't know where to vote. So there's a lot of people that are still confused as to that the voting location has been closed at the VFW. And uh, so I, therefore I was hoping to make it extremely clear that the last Ward 8, precinct number 2, is at the South Method Fire Station at the vicinity of Tufts Park. Because there is still a lot of confusion out there. Just I wanted to make it absolutely clear for your voters. Thank you for Thank listening. Thank you. And the clerk notified me that there will be robocalls that go out as well, notifying the public of uh, election day. I understand. So, thank it's you. It's hard to tell all the people regardless, no matter how you do it. I just want to make it clear as a bell. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Mr. Castagnetti. Uh, Vice President Longo Kern. Uh, you covered it. I just want to, just a B paper that we make sure a robocall goes out to those in eight, Ward 8, Precinct 2, just to reaffirm that they are voting at the new location of the South Medford Fire Station, zero Medford Street, and no longer voting at VFW. We'll take the B paper first. On the motion of Vice President Longo Kern, seconded by Councilor Marks. All those in favor? Aye. All those opposed? The motion passes. On the main motion offered by Vice President Longo Kern, seconded by Councilor Delarusso. All those in favor? Aye. All those opposed? The motion passes. Move suspension of the rules. On the motion of Vice President Longo Kern to suspend the rules, seconded by Councilor Carviello. All those in favor? All those opposed? The rules are suspended. Vice President Longo Kern. Um, thank you, President Falco. I, I know we have the Chief of Police in the audience, and I'm one as one counselor, I don't know if we want to ask a few questions about what's taken place over the last week um, here, or if we want to move to go into executive session, but I think we have a duty to know what's going on um, and what was in the news last week. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Vice President Longo Kern. Um, in my uh, talks with um, the city solicitor, uh, this um, is a personnel issue, so there's, there's not really can't say anything about this. Um, so uh, it is a personnel issue. Uh, so I second that. Uh, okay, one at a time. Council Del Russo. Mr. President, this is a personnel issue. Uh, there's been no uh, uh, opportunity for the aggrieved parties to make themselves present or to have representation. It's an administrative issue, Mr. President. We've received a press release. It's in the hands of the, uh, uh, there's been consultation with the uh, uh, district attorney, uh, according to the press release that we've received, Mr. President, and I'm opposed uh, uh, to going into executive session or to us interfering in any way. Uh, that uh, is inappropriate for us. So I'm opposed uh, to doing this until we're invited to do so when it is appropriate. Thank you, Council Delarusso. I, I am under the same uh, premise that it is uh, with uh, the district attorney. So, Council Carriel? So you're rescinding your motion? Okay, Council, yes. Council uh, Carriel has rescinded his motion. Um, Vice President Longo Kern. 
I just ask, I, I move that we go into executive session. Um, I hope somebody would second my motion. I think it, what's inappropriate is for the Medford City Council is an elected body that looks over the budget, who's always discussed personnel matters in executive session for us not to do so um, and get some answers. And um, we are getting calls and text messages and emails nonstop over the last week. And it would be nice to reassure people, even though we can't explain what takes place in executive session, but to assure people that what was done is the right thing that was done, that there are measures in place to make sure it doesn't happen again, to reaffirm, um, and to also make suggestions of maybe what other information and when it can get out to the public, because right now we do want to build the public's trust and we haven't done a good job doing that over the last week, in my opinion, we need to do more. So I move to we, that we go into executive session. Okay, on the motion of Vice President Longo-Kern, Council and I. I believe that we're uh, treading very dangerously towards an open meeting law violation, Mr. President. For that reason and that reason alone, I'm opposed to going into executive session without the proper posting requirements and without advice of counsel. I, I, I would agree by, uh, as Number well. One. Number I, th two. There's nothing on. There's nothing on the agenda tonight to talk about this issue. Um, you know, and uh, this here is an issue. I think that you know there, sh there should be. It should be on the agenda if it's going to be. Talked about. Mr. President, I disagree. Not, this is a personnel matter. I don't think it should well, be on the I mean, agenda yes, at all. Correct. I mean, I, I don't think, to me, it, it is a personnel issue. It shouldn't be talked about, but it's not on the agenda either. To just have it thrown out there is not the right way to be going about business. But uh, Katzel Del Russo has the floor next. Yeah. Mr. President, uh, firstly, uh, the only comments I've gotten uh, from the public is that they're glad that this is behind us and that they're glad people's names haven't been right through the mud. So I want to keep it that way, and I'm not interested in a purient investigation into this, first of all, Mr. President. Secondly, I find the whole matter motion to be out of order. Thank you, Council Del Russo. Council Marks. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, I, I, I wasn't one of the lucky ones that received a call from the city administration regarding this. So I guess when it comes to transparency, uh, it only applies to people that support and go lockstep with the administration that receive a phone call. So that's the first thing I'd like to say, Mr. President. Secondly, um, where the mayor was uh, on public record stating that she wanted to put this issue behind her and move forward, I think it's only appropriate where the administration's moving forward that we at least know what took place, Mr. President and not necessarily names, but what happened, how did it happen, and what processes and procedures are in place to make sure it doesn't happen again. And we have yet to receive any of that information. I have yet to receive any communication from the city administration regarding this. So I, I don't think there is a problem going into exec executive session and discussing what actually took place, Mr. President, without mentioning names, and what was done, because according to the chief and the mayor, that they said they have something in place now that would prevent stuff like this from happening again. And I think we have the obligation on behalf of the residents of this community to make sure that we're aware as well, Mr. President. That's what people elect us for. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't see a problem with going into executive session uh, to discuss this matter. Thank you, Council Marks. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, some of the questions I had, I talked, listened to the city solicitor, knowing that it's a personal matter. Um, 
listen to my colleague who's uh, thorough on his parliamentary procedures, I feel more comfortable if there is something that we do put it on an agenda with a, a, cl a clearer understanding of what we're, we're asking for. And the piece that I have is something directed to the chief that uh, the chief would have to just answer to me just for public safety reasons. And I don't think that it, it just, uh, that would be my only concern. Um, so I, I stand pat with that. Thank you. Thank you, Council Scott Pelley. <clears throat> on the motion of Vice President Longo Kern, that we go into executive session. Second. Second by Council Marks. Please call the roll. No. Five in the negative, uh, two in the affirmative. Uh, we are not going to executive session. Motion that we have a meeting the next Tuesday to go into executive session. Question is whether or not that one is back in order to move the council to the president. Wouldn't you just. Um, exactly. Please have your name and address for the record. Yes, thank you, Mr. President. My name is Mark Rumley, and I reside at 50 Woodrow Avenue in Medford. I'm the city solicitor. <laughs> Having knowledge is a prerogative of this council. Having an understanding of what occurred, how it occurred, how it unfolded is also relevant and a prudent inquiry. The one point that I want to make is that the matter is being reviewed presently by the district attorney. At some juncture, I think that the request right now is premature in the sense that I would prefer that review by the DA be completed. Now, I don't think it's going to take long, but I don't know. Nonetheless, at least for tonight and perhaps even for next week, I don't know if that review will be completed. But there's no one who is going to be afraid to discuss this matter. What will never happen, never happen, is that names will be identified. That's, per, that's protect. Yes. Point of information, Councilor Marks. Well, I, I think here lies some of the problem. This is the first I'm hearing that this is being reviewed by the district attorney's office, and that would have been helpful to know because maybe my uh, support for moving this into executive session would have been a little different. But as I stated, I, I wasn't one of the lucky members of the council to receive a call like yourself, like other members of the council. So I, I think we have to remember we're, we're a board here. There's seven of us here, and we should all be privy to the same information and receive the same phone calls. And I think anyone that goes indirect from that is doing this body an injustice. I want to put that out there, Mr. P Mr. President. Very well. I've, I've said what I've said. I also believe that, in, at least in the release that was made before the conference with the television people came here on Thursday, that it was alluded to that this was sent to Marion Ryan. So I think that was disclosed. Whether or not you've got it, I can't speak to that. But I do know that it has not been veiled or secret that this matter has been uh, referred to the district attorney for her review. So uh, I thank the council. Thank you. Motion to return to regular business, Mr. President. 
Vice President Longo Kern. Thank you, President Falco. I, I too did not receive a phone call from the administration. I happened to get a call um, about six o'clock at night from Alicia from Fox 25 News who asked me for a comment and I had no idea what she was talking about. So that it would have been nice for a heads up. Um, but I, and I, if it's being reviewed by the DA, I still think it's pertinent that the Medford City Council knows what's going on, knows what's transpired from when the mayor found out sometime in June until the present day. And I would move motion to go into executive session next Tuesday at either a six o'clock subcommittee meet, um, committee of the whole meeting or during our regular scheduled meeting at 7 p.m. So the, so the city solicitor has advised us that, from what I understand that we should not do that until um, he said that's, I mean, I think it's, it, it's, it's our decision, but yes. I think we're going to need multiple executive sessions if another investigation is um, taking place. Name and address for that. So, uh, yes. Well, you have mine. Yes. Jack Buckley, Chief of Police, 100 May Street, Mid. Thank you, Chief. If you have questions, we'll answer your questions now. Absolutely. We can talk public now? No, no, no. We'll answer what we can now. Oh, okay. Well, why don't we say that at the outset? You didn't ask. We most certainly did. We most certainly, did. most certainly did not, sir. Yes, we most certainly did. Fine, we can go back I, and forth. I do have some questions. I do have some questions, Mr. Please, President. If you could please ask the questions. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Chief, if, if you could, because uh, what, what little I did hear about it from the news media, uh, I believe it was stated that there are policies and procedures in place that would prevent something like this from happening in the future. Can you let us in on what these policies and procedures are? And uh, are these new or were they just overlooked originally? We have uh, numerous policies and procedures that govern uh, and rules and regulations that govern the order of this police department. They were in place. They currently remain in place. That is the issue. Those rules were violated. They're in place and discipline gets incurred when they're violated to maintain the strength of those rules and regulations and policies and procedures. So they will remain in place. I have a clear definition of what discipline is, right? It's about um, curtailing future behavior and it's about teaching. It's about learning lessons. I as an individual have learned my greatest lessons in life when I've made mistakes, all right? I'm new at this chief thing, but I'm not new at being a human being, okay? I don't want my women and men in this police department to be used as political fodder. Something serious happened there, and as chief of police, we addressed it. I can tell you, and you can have my word on it, that we addressed it appropriately. Unfortunately, it is still going on, and we have to honor certain rights that each of the officers in this department have. We'll continue to honor those rights and we'll continue to protect this department and this city with what we're doing. You have to have a little faith that we're doing the right thing. We are. I can't always pick up the phone and call city councils, but I will say this, I have two phones. They didn't ring once from a member of the city council during this whole time. So, while I can't speak publicly on some things, nobody reached out to me, all right? 
I'm very chief, open. Hold on, I'm responding. Do, with all due respect, open. you're not the chief executive officer of this community. But I am and, the chief and, of police. And you're not elected by the people. I get it. Um, I am the so chief of police. Just so you know, there's a distinction. And, but the distinction lies here. That is the day-to-day -day operations of that police department that fall on my shoulders. Right. And the communication okay. should come from the administration. And the administration and has that the never same that never personnel happened. obligations as I do. They have the same personnel obligations as I do. We're not talking personnel, Chief. We're talking notification now. We're talking notification. There so are times we, when we can talk about fate and, and, and making sure, and I'm not doubting your ability to lead your department. I'm not doubting any of that. I'm saying as an elected official that's responsible to the people of this community, it would have been nice to receive a communication. Even if it was brief, just to let, say, this is what took place. We can't inform you anymore because of policies and procedures or personnel matters, and it's in the hands of the district attorney. That's all. It would have been two sentences, but that unfortunately never happened, which leads to the, these questions. P the people, questions that you asked earlier and you debated before this on TV and before the public here were not necessarily exactly related to your not being informed. Oh, I have a lot you of questions. I have a lot of what questions. What happened? Chief. I know you do. I have a lot of questions. And ultimately, you'll get a lot of answers. But we have obligations that we have to maintain. Right. All right. I'm not hiding anything. The members of my police department are not hiding anything. The administration has been. Believe me, they're not hiding anything. As a chief of police, I got grilled over this matter. They were thorough. Who's they, chief? The entire administration, from the mayor to the city solicitor. So you got drilled by the administration, oh. the mayor? Questioned. And the city solicitor, you looked at him, was he? he you asked me who the administration was. He's standing next to me. Okay. To him. For information, uh, point of information, Councilor Delarusso. Information that I got, which was a uh, press release uh, dated September 28th, Thursday. Thank you, Councilor Delarosa. And I found it sufficient. Thank you. Surprise, surprise. Vice President Longo Kern. Um, thank you, President Falco. I, I know that it, this took place over a three month period, um, and it seems like the administration found out about it in June. How did it come to light? In the course of a uh, unrelated civil matter, during a deposition, a question was asked about details. That question was relayed to me, and I followed up on the question. And then, after finding that there was something here that had to be looked at, I conferred with the chief. I have to correct him on one thing, and grill the chief. Maybe questioned and asked what the, what the story was. Grilling sounds like a low light and a rubber hose. That's certainly not the idea here. But in any event, what had occurred is that I met with the mayor and the chief. I think the deposition occurred on a Friday, and I met with them on a Monday. I couldn't give you the exact dates without looking at the, uh, the records that I have. But it was at, uh, in late May, or right at the beginning of June. Deposition was on a Friday. I met with the mayor and uh, the chief on Monday. Uh, and after that, I think it was the, that very afternoon, the mayor gave me an instruction, and the instruction was this, that she wanted this matter investigated, and there were conditions to this. 
and the conditions that she put on it were, it had to be an investigator who was of impeccable credentials. It had to be someone who was not connected to the city of Medford, not connected to the city of Medford Police Department, and didn't know anybody in the city of Medford Police Department. So, with those instructions, I went to some of the sources that I have with the, with the police, and I asked around, and I was given some names. And one particular person, retired state police captain Paul Letalian, was the top of everybody's list. I called him, and I asked him if he would be interested to follow through on this investigation. He said that he would. So we met, myself, him, and the chief, and we retained him for that investigation. And I won't go on about it too long, but I'll say this. On the morning that he was retained, I told him that once he began this investigation, he would not hear from any member of the administration. He would not hear from me. There would be no direction, no shaping, no cajoling, no suggesting. And he said that that was fine. And the last thing I'd say is he was told that the resources of the department, every record, every person would be at his disposal. And then he could go off and do his investigation. Now, the contents of his investigation, which of course would be very informative to you, can't be released to you because this matter is being reviewed by the district attorney. When that concludes, surely you would be able to have a redacted in the sense that the names of the officers would be redacted. Uh, but you'd surely be entitled to have that. We wouldn't mind providing that to you at all. And, to and the that's chair, the way this went forward. To the chair, when was the DA contacted? The DA was contacted, I believe, by the chief. At the conclusion of uh, the investigation, I'm trying to think of an exact date, it was probably a week plus ago, somewhere along there. Um, we wanted the investigation to um, have the report concluded, review the report, issue discipline, once all of that was done, because that is an integral part of forwarding that to the district attorney's office. Was there discussion to maybe call the district attorney's office when you were, became aware of it? Well, we didn't know what was going on. That's what the investigation was for. Okay. We knew, okay, so, and it was the project, the, the, the bridge project. Can you explain in detail how, either the detail logs, how, how it all transpired? Um, the best way to describe this is that um, the, there was so one detail, but it was a extended detail, it was about six, uh, 12 hours. They divided that detail up into two six-hour periods. It's probably best to describe it in this way. The contractor believes that six hours pay, uh, six hours work is, uh, is deserving of eight hours pay. Our contracts would agree with that. However, if you, the officer did not work uh, four hours, then he would not be, or he or she would not be entitled to eight hours pay. The policies sort of conflict, and it's problematic. It is the responsibility of my officers to know what the policies are. And I don't know if this is a question for you or the solicitor. Is the contractor being investigated at all? Was there any improper Certainly billing? Certainly not, not by the municipality. 
Um, there, is, there is one little other footnote to this, though. In the discipline that was meted out to certain officers, there's a requirement that when they were overpaid for, for the details, that that be repaid. One of the things that we are waiting for is the cutoff on that for repayment is this Friday. So this matter, from a live point of view, it, it, still, has some, it still has some texture to it. Um, those who had, had been overpaid, each one of them have agreed to, receive, uh, to repay uh, every dollar that they were overpaid, and that is being done now. The chief would have uh, knowledge of that, but that's just cutting off this Friday. Um, so I don't know if I fully answered your question, so if you'd fine-tune it, I'd be happy to. The contractor, so oh, I if see. they yes. didn't work the full six-hour shift, did the contractor bill the city for the six-hour shift, and are we investigating the contractor in any way? No, the municipality is not, but that doesn't mean that that would not occur from some other entity who's charged with that jurisdictionally, and that depends upon what the facts are with them. Has that been reported to any been, That's part of the report that went to the DA. What did it say in the report that went to the DA with regards to the contractor as well? The contractor is named in the report. And that's part of the investigation. You can tell yes. us that. Yes. Okay. So if the contractor took to also took funds that they shouldn't have during a project that they may have concluded earlier than, you know, didn't take the 12 hours, maybe took them 10 hours, but they billed and paid out details for 12, there's a likelihood that we may seek reimbursement or the oh, we Oh, we uh, us seek reimbursement from the offices? We already no, have. No, no, I'm going past that to the contractor. If there was mix up in. But that would be, let's say, let's, let me be safe this way. Let's say that we have general contractor A and let's say that the contractor who is doing the details is contractor B. If contractor B was getting dollars from contractor A and then paying overtime, or excuse me, or paying details that was at a higher rate than it should have, then it's arguable that contractor A would have some type of recourse against contractor B. But we're not, we're not involved in that machination because we're a municipality as opposed to uh, a prosecutorial body although we do prosecute some things. And I think it's fair to say that the, it's the city of Medford was not the one paying for the work to be done. The, the city of Medford is out no money here. Is it st the, the state, right? The state paid for that project. Okay. Um, I'm not even sure that's uh, true. Point of information, Councilor Marks. Uh, the, the city of Medford receives a percentage based on the office's detail. Correct. Is the city of Medford paying back their percentage on these hours that weren't worked? The additional monies are being paid back, yes. By the city of Method? By the officers who incurred the cost. But what about the percentage that's given for administrative fee uh, based on detail that goes directly to the city? That is being paid back by the officers. So the officers additionally are paying that money back as well? Correct. And that's part of the figure that we saw out there? The Correct. So it was 17,000? 17 and change. 17 and change. Thank you. Vice President Lango. Um, thank you. Now, with regards to when the city city administration found out, I mean, why why wasn't the public told of even this p potentially happening and an investigation being Because underway? it's a, when you begin an investigation and you really don't know what has happened yet, 
then what you'd like to do is to have some flesh on that skeleton before you do anything. And actually, even today would be too early to say uh, to release the Letalian report because of the fact it's still in process. The matter is still in flux in the sense that the DA is reviewing it. And um, there's the payback period um, and all the other elements of this. So it isn't that uh, there is, a, that at the beginning there was, well, let's not tell anybody and let's keep a, a, a veil drawn across it, but rather a proper investigation requires the ability of the investigator to conduct his or her affairs, in this case him, his or her affairs in a way where there's not a lot of collateral talk about what's going on. It would never be prudent at the beginning of an investigation to say, I think something's wrong and I'm going to investigate it. And then the people who may be subject to the investigation can start building whatever type of uh, rationalizations or excuses or whatever else you might want to call it in advance of the investigation taking place. That didn't happen here, which I think is the more professional and prudent way to conduct these matters. Because I'd say this, I don't want to sound like uh, following up on what the chief has said. He put it one way about people making mistakes. Having gone through this, at least in terms of recently, to, to talk to each person about what they uh, were going to have to incur for discipline. What struck me is the magnitude at which there was remorse over this policy violation. And more than that, that type of remorse and the depth of that remorse made me think that the discipline that the chief had suggested to the mayor was all appropriate because each one of these men and women of our department, who are good people but not perfect people, are like none of us are perfect, are entitled to redemption, to go on to their careers and to serve the people of Medford well, and to have in their tool house, in their experience, this, so that going forward, these types of difficulties, these types of faux pas, these types of, po uh, of policy violations don't occur, and that's going to raise the bar of service to every resident of this city. While it seems like a negative and dark event, and I'll agree with that, to every negative and dark event that occurs, when the cloud goes away, there's something better. Something better will come from this very unfortunate and troubling event. I, I just want to say that this was extremely helpful as one member of the council to at least get some feedback uh, and hear what was going on. I don't think anyone behind this reel wanted to get involved in personnel matters. I, in particular, wanted nothing to do with that. But it was nice to get an update, Mr. President, and know that this is being reviewed and being looked at. And potentially, whatever policies were in place or eventually any new policies that will be in place will safeguard not just our men and women in our police department, but also the residents of this community. And I think that's all what we were asking for. Thank you. Thank you, Councilor Knox. Thank you, Council. Vice President Longo Kern. Um, thank you. Yes, I, I think it was, it was helpful. I think one thing that needs to be said, though, is after the DA does do 
review the report, I think it's important that whatever informa more information can be released to the public is released, because I, I understand what was, is being said, but there are a lot of people um, that are questioning the trust of the city with regards to this matter and others, and they're, they're too afraid to speak up. I mean, this is our police department, the department that keeps us safe, and does a whole lot of other things um, to protect the city. Um, so people are reaching out to us. I, I, a little offended by saying this is a political move. Believe me, I didn't ask Alicia from Fox 25 to call me last week, and my first reaction was sadness. It truly was, and pr say, say it ain't so. And no, I don't have a comment, is what I told her. I have no idea what you're talking about, and I don't have a comment. So it, it's good to hear. We all know that there, there are people that do a good job but something went wrong, and I think we need to work, after this is reviewed, we need to work to build the tr public's trust back up. And I think that's by releasing more information um, in whatever the DA comes, comes, comes out with, and I think we need to do that one step at a time. Um, there's other things that I'm sure the department is probably planning to do to build that trust back, because they are good men and women. Um, but that's something that definitely needs to be done. And you're not, you're not seeing it, you're, not, you're only hearing it when you, you people are calling you, but it is out there and, and people are concerned. Thank you. Chief. Just quickly, I'd like to respond, although I don't do a lot of things quickly, especially talking. Um, trust. I committed to working on public trust when I became chief of police. Um, in a very large way, I think this reinforces some of the trust, that we're capable of policing the police, that we're capable of addressing problems, but we're also capable of moving forward. I've spoken with a number of people in the public uh, since this happens. I've received overwhelming support for the way it's been handled. Um, nobody should be afraid. Nobody has ever expressed that they are afraid or in fear of this police department. There's no reason to be. I've worked many, many days and nights with all of the women and men involved in this. They are very good people, good family. They are good police officers. I don't approve of what happened. I don't condone what happened, and I'm disciplining each officer for what happened. But they are very valuable assets. This is not an easy job to do. It is not an easy job to go out there day and night and become public punching bags. Sometimes we deserve it, but for the most part, we're there for every single person in the public and in the city and otherwise. I will continue to build the trust in this community. I support every officer on my job. I ask that you support me while we handle the situation. Information will be forthcoming. We have obligations. I'm just repeating what I said to you before. The police department is sound. We have good women and men. I've said that over and over again, and we will learn from this. This is a teaching moment. This is a life moment. No one needs to fear the police department, 
They should be opening up to what we're doing and being responsible to the community. And that's what we are doing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Chief Buckley. Thank you, City Solicitor Rumley. Thank you, Council. Thank you. On the motion of Council Carviello, seconded by Council Delarusso to revert to the regular order of business. All those in favor? Aye. All those opposed? 19-598, offered by Council tonight. Be it resolved that the Memphis City Council request directed patrols and a speed monitor be placed at the corner of Clifton and Lawrence Roads for the purpose of mitigating speeding in the area. Council tonight. Uh, Mr. President, thank you very much. Uh, for those of us that aren't familiar with the area, as you're driving down Lawrence Road, uh, it goes uh, up to Forest Street, and there is a one lane of traffic there for a certain stretch of uh, roadway. Uh, between, let's say, Ashcroft and Clifton Road. And um, because of speeding vehicles and vehicles that aren't obeying the one-lane restriction, uh, it's becoming very difficult for vehicles, uh, for the residents on Clifton Road to get out. Uh, so I'm asking that the uh, directed patrols be put in place and a speed monitor be put in place to help alleviate some of the traffic and the speeding in the area to allow for the residents of the road to have an easier egress and a safer egress when they're leaving their roadway and pulling onto the main thoroughfare. I ask my council colleagues to support the resolution. A motion to council tonight, seconded by Council Delarusso. All those in favor? Aye. All those opposed? The motion passes. I know you don't want to hear from me again. We can get that done tomorrow. Thank you, Chief. Thank you. Thank you, Chief. Okay. So, motion to take papers in the hands of the clerk, Mr. President. Motion on the motion of Council tonight, seconded by Council Delarusso, to take uh, papers in the hands of the clerk. All those in favor? All those opposed? Offered by Councilor Scarpelli, be it resolved that the City Council discuss the ongoing concerns dealing with safety concerns on Main Street and South Street. Councilor Scarpelli. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. I know that this has been a concern for um, one, one constituent mentioned back in the 80s so, um, that I've talked to. So I do want to uh, work together with the the chief, I know the traffic, uh, the police meeting is tomorrow, neighborhood meeting, community meeting, and I believe that they're going to be a um, uh, constituents there to discuss this concern. Uh, we've had multiple meetings with the DOT regarding this intersection. Uh, we've had former colleagues of ours um, in major traffic accidents just recently. Um, we've had uh, people as of yesterday that were in, um, in accidents on that area, in that area. And it is something that we need to move on and move quicker. I know that I've, as a chairperson uh, for transportation, we've held meetings with the traffic uh, engineer, myself and multiple state representatives, uh, uh, state delegates and um, members of our community expressing the concerns and issues of that area. Um, I will, what I would like to do is make a motion that we um, call for a subcommittee on transportation. I will uh, defer to my city clerk and his expertise with the DOT to reach out to our, our DOT uh, representatives to get them back in the room because part of the meetings that we've had were, I thought, very productive but have stalled. Uh, they were uh, some issues that were brought up, and there were some um, 
traffic calming measures that were to be implemented. And I think getting a better understanding and definition of those uh, traffic calming measures and getting um, those particular uh, uh, resolutions put into effect ASAP, I think is very important. Um, I know that I've talked to some constituents about keeping it simple and putting in a traffic light uh, as part of that uh, minute, those minutes uh, with our subcommittee. We realize that is a daunting task because that road, again, is a state road. Um, and the monies that would be needed to implement a full-time traffic light is uh, a monumental task, if I could say the least, in what we heard at our subcommittee meetings. But there are traffic calming measures that we can implement for an achievable amount, both by the state and the city, in hopes that we can do something immediately to, to, um, to hope save someone's life in the future. Because we've been pretty close with, with some pretty serious accidents that nobody has died. And this is, this again, it's, it's rearing its ugly head again because of the increase in traffic and the accidents that have occurred in the last couple of days. But again, I will reiterate, this isn't something that's been happening just in the last couple of days. There have been near calls, uh, close calls, there have been accidents, fender benders, there have been pedestrians, bike issues, and, um, and it's, 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 it's been discussed to nausea, but at the same time, I think we need some action ASAP. So um, if we can coordinate with the city's traffic engineer, Mr. Clerk, uh, our representatives from DOT, uh, well, I'd welcome our state delegates again because I know they were looking into some funding on the, uh, both the federal and the state level to help uh, purchase some sort of lighting. Um, some of the easy fixes were narrowing both lanes to one lane, uh, painting the streets on Main Street, uh, putting up uh, deflective sticks, um, flashing yellow lights, um, and so on and so forth. So there are a lot of recommendations that haven't been followed through yet. So it's not that this council hasn't tried to work, because that was some of the comments I had, that we haven't tried to, to work, uh, get to a resolution with this. But I can understand the frustration. Uh, believe me, at 5 in the morning, 5.30 in the morning, when I traverse that area to take mom to dialysis, it's even dangerous at that time. So. Um, I know that we've mentioned it and, 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 it, and it made it equivalent to the game Frogger, where you take your life in your own hands, and that is true. So um, I know that tomorrow's a meeting with the Naval Policing. I know that residents will be uh, showing up to talk to the chief and the representatives from the traffic department, but to work with that meeting and moving things forward. I call for that subcommittee meeting as soon as possible and um, for the sake of uh, public safety. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you, Councilor Scott Pelly. Councilor Knight. So uh, the request is, Mr. President, to have a transportation subcommittee meeting? Correct. Second. Move approval. On the motion of Councilor Scott Pelly, seconded by Councilor Knight. Name and address to the record, please. 
Good evening, Erin DiBenedetto, 21 Dearborn Street. Um, after attending a meeting and leaving the police station almost two weeks ago, I got hit at that intersection. Um, a car coming across from South Street, I was driving down Main Street. Um, they totaled uh, my car, it's actually my mother's car, so it was more sentimental value to me. I know I needed a new car, but I hung on to it because it, it actually brought me peace and joy remembering my mother every day. So it was a loss. Thankfully, I was not hurt. Um, both airbags on the side went off. Um, my daughter would have killed me if the front airbag went off because she's getting married next week. Um, so I was very lucky. Uh, I feel grateful to Method PD and Method Fire for coming through. They called the state police to come because they said it's actually their road, but they were too busy handling so many things. That evening in the square, there was so much construction. There were many offices on detail throughout the square. The square was lit up with um, construction being done. So I think the increase in accidents there in the last few weeks is also in, due to the increase in the, um, in the amount of construction there right now. The officers said that they had been called there so many times that evening that they were just sitting a police officer at that location. I've heard rumors that there was an option of making it right turn only, so that way you couldn't take the left to go, across, uh, go straight across, or you couldn't take the left to go into the square, or, and take a right turn only or a left uh, right turn only coming down from the ramp. Um, a lot of it's rumors. A lot of people getting hurt. I would hate for a bigger accident to happen. I applaud Councilor Scapelli for taking this on and trying very hard to figure it out. Um, maybe there are steps that can happen even without a subcommittee meeting right now. Um, maybe we can look into the last three months and see how those how many accidents have increased and put something in place immediately. I don't know if we can just do that. Um, it's, it's, I would hate to see someone get hit walking across or someone to be very hurt and like lose their life in that, in that intersection. But thank you. And I'd also like that publicized when that meeting is going to be with the 911 reverse call because so many people in this community are worried about that intersection that they may, their presence may help move things along quickly. That's just a suggestion. Thank, thank you, you very much. Name and address for the record, please. Hi, Andrew Castanetti, Cushion Street, Method, Massachusetts. I want to thank Councillor Scott Pelly for bringing this forward. It's been like this for a long time, and I appreciate him making this public. And it's, it's probably the most dangerous intersection traffic-wise in the entire city, barring none. And it's been like this for many, many decades. I used to live on Mystic Avenue as a kid, actually. There's no surefire way of stopping that situation from being dangerous, except, which ain't gonna happen, if you just shut down the exit from Route 16 and also dam up South Street and not allow it to go onto Main Street. I doubt that ever will happen. So the next best thing would be uh, as as uh, DMD, Dr. Starella had mentioned to the mayor when she was having coffee hour a month ago at the Senior Citizen Center, well, Andrew had said, why not make it right turn only? 
And the mayor has said to me, Andrew, I must have some sort of bug in her office. And I said, I don't think so. I told Chief Sacco about this like three years ago or, or 30 years ago. So she said she took some measure to not allow the cars, cars to go from South Street directly across towards Route 16 and Route 93. And I said, That's, that takes care of a third of the problem, but we still have two, th two other thirds to, to go. And that is to go straight onto the middle of Main Street to take a left at the Memphis Square. That's also very, very dangerous. So right turn only is the only option, I believe, and let the vehicles figure it out where they're gonna turn around, whether they have enough space or it's legal around possibly the fire station area. However, I've had family members member that had accident there. I know of many people, including Aaron Benedetto, and I was sad to hear that it happened to her mother's sentimental car, and uh, I'm just glad she's okay, but there's been a lot of injuries there, and I wish you good luck in trying to fix this GOATS situation that we have here. It's very bad. Thank you, Mr. Cassignetti. On the motion of Council Scott Pelley, seconded by Council Delarusso. All those in favor? All those opposed? Okay, Council, uh, Vice President Longo Kern is abstaining from this vote. All those in favor? All those opposed? The motion passed. Council Gabriello. Uh, motion two for suspension to take paper 19496 off the table. Yes. On the motion of Council Gabriello, seconded by Council Delarusso, to suspend the rules to take a paper from unfinished business. One nine uh, all those in favor, all those opposed, Aye. the motion passes. 19 496 uh, offered by Council Gabriello to congratulate Max Stevens, Council Gabriello. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, for those of you who don't know, um, Max Stevens is a 17-year-old hockey player uh, from Medford. It comes from a good Medford family. But um, he's going to uh, be playing in the 2019 uh, Winter Def Olympics in uh, Italy this year. He's the only person uh, from Massachusetts cho uh, chosen to play on this team, which is a great, uh, great honor. Uh, but the other thing, you know, Max is 17, and he's going to be playing with, uh, with people that range from in their mid-20s all the way up to 34 years old. So I think uh, this is a great accomplishment to him just to, uh, to be able to do this at, at that young age, to play with people of this caliber. And there's people that, that are on, this, uh, that on the team that have played in other Deaf Olympics in the past. So uh, I just want to congratulate him for making the team and hopefully he can bring home uh, a gold medal similar to some other people that played on the Olympics in the past and we can hang in the Leconte uh, for him. So again, uh, I'd like to congratulate him and his family. He's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a good boy, he's a good family, and I hope he does well in Italy. Thank you. Thank you, Council Carviello. We uh, congratulate Max and we wish him well. Bravo, Max. <laughs> On the motion of Council Carviello, seconded by Council Knight. All those in favor? All those opposed, the motion passes. Um, and uh, just a, a, a bit of bookkeeping here. Um, the clerk has notified me. Uh, Vice President Longo Kern, if you could just let us know um, what was the question again? The reason for the abstention, the for the abstention on the last vote. The parents live on South Street. Thank you, thank you, Vice President Longo Kern. On the motion of Council Knight, seconded by Council Scott Pelley, to take uh, papers in the hands of the clerk. Offered, all those in favor, all those opposed, the motion passes. 
offered by uh, Vice President Longo Kern be it resolved that the traffic calming measures be that, that traffic calming measures be placed at Riverside Avenue and Freedom Way to help the crossing guard who uh, that mans both car uh, crosswalks. <laughs> Vice President Longo Kern. Thank you, um, President Falco. I know um, a couple weeks back we approved a number of traffic calming uh, signage. I think there was a total of like 15 to 20 different locations. So I just wanted to see if we can add this to the next round. I know there's a crossing guard there in the morning and she commands both crosswalks at Riverside and Freedom Way. And there's a lot of traffic um, trying to get people out of Freedom Way after they drop off their, their children and having people crossing the street to try to get to school. Um, some traffic calming measures would be, would, would be nice as that's a straightaway and you have a lot of speeding. Um, I believe that crossing guard was even hit one or two times or, or bumped with, by a mirror, but um, I would just ask that that be on the next list. Thank you, Vice President Lungo Kern. Name and address for the record, please. You've heard my name twice. Uh, people say sometimes I have an opinion on everything and uh, I'm not a complainer. I feel that I'm a solution person. I asked Chief Sackle when we had our crime watch meetings at the old Redskins Club train station, which we still had the train station going to Boston, by the way. I asked Chief Sackle when they built the new schools in 2001, when they built their bike path also, but not behind you, Council President, the half mile that's missing. To stay on topic, however, thank you, President. <laughs> I asked Chief Sackle during our meeting from the neighborhood if we could get a push button operated, pedestrian operated stoplight because that, that school, those two schools in the parks, in the paths, which you can go all the way to the subway stations without touching Route 28 or Route 16, mind you, and dealing with vehicles is used 12 months a year because of the parks and Hormel and, and, and things of that nature, recreation. And there's not police guard crossings or, or, or the, the, the other type of crossing guards there 12 months a year. They're only there for a couple of hours during the school year. So he had told me, he says, sorry, Andrew, it costs I think the figure was like $150,000 and 2001 dollars, mind you, to install such a light. And I couldn't believe it. I was thinking, like, without going to MIT, can't we just get a solar panel and, and just have something turn red? Something, anything. So I, I want to thank uh, Mayor Brianna. Sorry. Um, I want to thank Councillor Brianna for bringing this up because it's long overdue. There are children in baby carriages with babies in it there. Very dangerous place. Thank you, Mr. Castanetti. On the motion of Vice President Longo Kern, seconded by Council Della Russo. All those in favor? All those opposed, the motion passes. While we're under suspension, offered by Council Carviello, be it resolved that the Memphis City Council send its deepest and sincere condolences to the family of Anthony Tony Ardagna on his uh, passing. His, uh, presence in our community will be missed. Council Carvian. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. Um, 
I have gotten to know uh, the Adanya family over the last 25, 30 years, uh, and they're a good family. And uh, for those you know, Tony was a, was a World War II veteran. Uh, they're getting you know, fewer and fewer in this community. Served this country uh, with honor there. But um, similar to his wife and the rest of his family, Tony always volunteered at the senior center and in different places wherever he was needed. He was always there helping. Uh, you know, Tony was a singer also. And I don't know if you know, but um, he helped us, uh, establish a group called the Singing Grandpups. And there's a bunch of grandfathers, they went around to different senior centers, they sang and they performed for many, many organizations. So uh, something he really liked to do uh, with, with his spare time. But uh, I know he, um, he suffered a little bit at the end uh, of his life there and uh, just want to wish his family uh, well on this time of need. And uh, his presence is going to be missed in our community. So. Thank you, Councilor Carviello. Councilor Marks. I, I want to thank uh, Councilor Carviello for putting this on tonight. Uh, Tony was a true inspiration to many people in this community. And as Councilor Carviello mentioned, uh, there wouldn't be a day that goes by that uh, that family didn't volunteer for something going on in this community and, and taking the time and effort to make sure this is a better community. And uh, I personally want to thank uh, Tony and his uh, family and uh, you know he was a loving uh, husband, father, grandfather, I believe great-grandfather, great-grandfather, and uh, he will be sorely missed, Mr. President. Thank you, Councilor Marks. Uh, while we're on the suspension offered by Councilor Knight 19-596, be it resolved that the Memphis City Council extends its deep and sincere condolences to the family of Patrick DeRigo on his recent passing. Council Knight. Uh, Mr. President, thank you very much. Uh, yes, just this recent past week, uh, we said farewell to our friend Patrick. Um, anybody from the South Medford neighborhood uh, has had a run-in with uh, Mr. DeRigo at one point or another, whether it was be, uh, through coaching football or uh, just being around in the neighborhood with his uh, daughters and sons and his nephews, the Tibnans. But um, Patrick uh, left us this week, and uh, it was gone too soon. He was a gentleman that uh, was a great family man. And uh, he will be missed, Mr. President. So I'd ask my council colleagues to join us in uh, extending our condolences to the family. Thank you, Council Knight. 19-597, uh, also offered by Council Knight, be it resolved that the Memphis City Council extends its deep and sincere condolences to the family of Charles Ferranti on his recent passing. Council Knight. Uh, yes, Mr. President. We also, this just, uh, just this past week, said farewell to our friend Charles Ferrante. Um, anybody who played football in Medford High School in the 1990s uh, would know be very familiar with Charles' son, Rob. Uh, he's also a physical education teacher up at uh, the Medford Public Schools. I uh, had the pleasure of going to elementary school and high school with uh, Charles' daughter, Ellen, as well. Um, they grew up in the Lawrence Estates area, and uh, they were very involved in the community and in the neighborhood, Mr. President. Uh, he will be sadly missed, and I'd ask my council colleagues to join me in extending our defense and state condolences to the family in this time of need. Thank you, Council Knight. Council Scarpelli. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. Uh, Thank you, Council Knight, for bringing this forward. I know a um, very close friend with the Ferrante family. Uh, know how, uh, how important Dad was in their lives. Uh, and uh, I know that uh, Mrs. Ferrante, as I went through the line, uh, expressed her uh, true uh, loss of the love of her life. So um, uh, they were a great couple and set a great example for uh, their children and, um, and we'll, he will be missed for sure. So thank you. 
Thank you, Councilor Scarpella. I'd like to thank uh, Councilor Carviello and Councilor Knight for bringing these resolutions forward. And our thoughts and prayers go out to the family. At this point, I'd ask everyone to please rise for a brief moment of silence. Mr. President, um, I would be remiss uh, for myself and my colleagues uh, to congratulate our city clerk on his uh, 25th anniversary that he chose to spend it with us <laughs> instead of his wife. So congratulations to the clerk on his 25th anniversary. 25 years. Happy anniversary to Clerk uh, and his lovely wife. <laughs> Happy anniversary. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Uh, reports of committees, 19-508, July 24, 2019. Committee, the whole report. On the motion of Councillor Delarusso, seconded by Councillor Carviola. All those in favor, all those opposed, the motion passes. 19-558, uh, ordinance subcommittee report uh, from Councillor Knight. On the motion of Council Knight, seconded by Council Scarpelli. All those in favor, all those opposed, the motion passes. Please have your, please have uh, your name and address for the record, please. Uh, my name is Tony Nardella. I live in South Medford. Hi. So um, I'm pretty dismayed at uh, what happened last week. And it's just a, um, it was always brewing. You know, the, the council is here have been here a long time, long time. We had a mayor that was here for 25 years, and then it got passed on to his predecessor. So in Medford, there's, you guys are not really counselors, you're really power brokers. You're power brokers for the people that you're connected with. And I'm gonna give you a couple of examples, if I may. I have a friend of mine that owns a two-family house on the other side of 93 and he owned, he's owned it for 35 years. And he had a tree in front of the house. And they had to take the tree down for some reason. So he calls up the city and he says, uh, I'd like to have a tree back in front of my house. And they said, yeah, okay, we'll put it in springtime. Springtime comes, goes, summer comes and goes. Calls up in the fall, he says, hey, you know, you guys are supposed to put a tree in. Can I, can I get a tree? Uh, we'll put it in the springtime. Springtime comes and it goes. In the summertime, he goes over, and he goes to his house. He doesn't live there. And he sees a neighbor who he knows very well. And he calls her over, you know, she calls him over and says, how's it going, Louie? You know, I haven't seen you in a while. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And they start talking about the tree. So she says, you want a tree, Louie? I'll take care of it for you. Two weeks later, there was a tree. Why? Because she was related to the mayor, the ex-mayor, the last mayor. Then you have Mr. Delarusso over here who has a, a funeral home on Main Street and he has the cones there that say funeral seven days a week, Mr. Mr. 24 Nardella. hours a day. Let me finish, this is 24 hours a day. You're going on the, the good people's heart there and you have more parking than anybody Excuse else. Excuse me. It's political Mr. nepotism. You're out of order, okay? 
We don't call out people by name. If you have an issue, I ask you to please state the issue to the chair. Okay. We will deal with the issue you have. Okay. Okay. So I'm but I ask you please again okay. I, not I, I, to mention I will not names. do it again. Okay. Thank you. So okay. So I'm wondering why there are certain things that people have like benefits for. You know why is 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 that is that is that uh, um, uh, facility paying for that parking permit? Uh, it, because nobody parks there. Excuse me, sir. I'm I'm very I'm unaware of what you're talking about. Well, I can. Well, so I you can please state your question, okay. and we can try to help you out. But okay, I, fine. I feel like you're fine. Talking so, about so on, on on Main Street, uh, in in front of the uh, the gas station there, on uh, right down by Bob's. Okay. There's a facility over there that's you know has you know cones in front of it all the time okay. that says that is a funeral. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to park at a place where there's a funeral. Nobody wants to cut into a funeral. You know, when people have mutual respect for funerals. So the, the establishment there is working on the good nature of the people not to park in front of that, 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 that establishment, mm -hmm. okay? And that establishment just happens to have a lot of parking in the back. And that is typical of the nepotism that is in Medford Excuse because me, he can get away with it. Excuse why? me, sir. Okay, why? Why? Tell me why. No, the, the, South Medford is a very congested neighborhood. Okay, very congested. I wouldn't say there's a ton of parking back there. There's parking on the streets. There's some parking. But if you go to any funeral home, there's, it, we live in tight quarters here. Right. But so, so, so those, so, those so cones, and I understand that, those cones are out there on a Sunday night or a Saturday night. You tell me there's a funeral on a Saturday night? Can't, they, can't those cones be taken out so that those parking can be used by normal residents, or are they just reserved? And if they are reserved, then I'd like to know why they're reserved, and is there a permit for the reservation, okay? Because it's about nepotism. It's political nepotism. I, excuse me, sir. You know, as far as, far as the parking goes in that area, I, I'd probably have to check with Mar Park. What's that? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's something we can look into, but I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I myself haven't received complaints about No, you won't, that. you won't receive complaints because everybody is okay with it, but it's not right. Okay, well, we'll we can look into it and, and go from there. I mean, we can you know, talk to uh, Park Medford. Uh, we can probably talk to, uh, um, you know, we can, we can start there and, and see what we can do. Okay? Well, I, I, and, and the, you know, I'm pretty saddened about what happened with the police department. Yes, we you know, Okay, so I, I just got off of work, we, that's we, why I'm late. We, we addressed that issue, we've already okay. moved on from it, so we, we, okay. once we address an issue, we're, we're done with it. We, okay, okay, so I, I, as a citizen, I just want to say that it's an embarrassment for me to live in a place where that was allowed to go with such a large percentage okay. of the police force. Thank you. So I, I would really like to see some kind of uh, transparency Excuse me, sir. We talked about it earlier, and we talked about what's happening, and we are very limited as to what we can say on this issue. So we can't really go any further on this. So I appreciate you coming down and giving your input, but we can't comment. We can't comment on, on it any further. It's a personnel issue. So yeah. Well, well, we appreciate you coming down. I understand where you stand on it. I think my council colleagues do yeah, as it's, well. Yeah, it's, it's such an embarrassment. Okay. Not only do we have a chief of police that, that was robbed the bank, but now we've yeah, got 25 yeah, people that want to... Okay. Yeah, get, not gonna get, okay, I'm fine. Thank you. Reports. We have one more committee report uh, to review, and that is the committee report uh, from tonight.
uh, 19-558. That was our committee, the whole report. On the motion of Council Knight to have that of report approved, seconded by Councilor Carriello. All those in favor? All those opposed? The report's approved. Records. The table of records of the meeting of September 10, 2019 were passed to Councilor Delarusso. Councilor Delarusso, have you had time to review those records? I have, Mr. President, in the motion that relates to the council meeting in question, I motion for approval on the minutes from the committee meetings uh, that were attached therein. I offer a conditional approval in as much as that I was able to uh, verify their veracity. Thank you, Councilor Delarusso. On the motion of Councilor Delarusso, seconded by Councilor Knight. All those in favor? All those opposed? The motion passes. On the motion of uh, the records from the meeting of September 24th were passed to Councilor Knight. Councilor Knight, how did you find those records? On the motion of Councilor Knight, seconded by Councilor Scott Pelley to approve the records. All those in favor? All those opposed? The records are approved. On the motion of Councilor Knight to adjourn the meeting, seconded by Councilor Caviello. All those in favor? All those opposed? Meeting adjourned.